You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back. And, you know, for the second episode of 2023, God, it's hard to say that. I almost said 2022 right off the bat. We are here and we are going to be doing our Geek Seat episode. That's right, folks. We're putting 2022 into the Geek Seat. We're going to tie it down and make it beg for mercy. That's right, folks. We are going to have... 2022-itis all night long, and it's going to be great to do it. This is one of our more fun episodes that we do every year, and, you know, we get to look back, and this is not like how we did last week where we did our top tens or anything. This is moments. This is characters. This is talking all about that, and I think we got a great one for you folks, so it should be awesome to do. Of course, let's welcome our crew, of course, joining me as always. The New Year baby himself, Mr. Mike Gordon, is here. Howdy. Howdy, sir. Are you ready for Happy this one? Happy New Year. I sound like Frosty, right? Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, this is this going to be a ton of fun. The first week is of 2023 is always a weird one because, you know, it's 2023. What else could we say? You know, we're living in the future. Ooh. I don't think I ever really got used to saying 2022. So, uh, so you can throw I, it out know, the window maybe, right there. It's good. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe that's a step up. Uh, it's an advantage for me as far as 2023 goes, but, uh, we'll see as, uh, well, the listeners will know, the viewers will know because I'm sure to mess up the year all the time. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, we'll probably do that a couple times tonight. So, you know, let's start the drinking game now, folks. Bottoms up. <laughs> Every time someone says, you know, let's take a drink or every time everyone says 2023 instead of 2022 or vice versa, you know what? Take a swig. It's a nice thing. And it makes the show. This is a long one, folks. This is more like our old format. So you know what? It's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Of course, Ashley Pauls is stopping by again. Welcome. You know, this is like a tradition. You've been on the last couple of the Geek Seat uh, years for us. And, you know, it just seems almost, you know, like a tradition for you just to be here for us. It's one of my favorite episodes of the year, second only to the summer movie previews. So um, it's always fun to wrap up the year. It is. And I can't wait to hear what everyone's list is. And joining us for the first time talking about the geek seat and what his thoughts on 2022 Channing is here. Welcome, sir. Hey, thanks for having me back. Um, before we start, I just want to let people know that 2022 has consented to being tied down. Oh, yeah. Um, it turns out 2022 is kind of into that thing. So <laughs> we're, we're all good here. You know, a, a lot more people were becoming much more free. So the year decided throw it out the window and said, you know, hey, folks, tie me up. I'm all for it. So it's a good thing. So Channing, it is great to have you here, sir. How was your 2022? 
2022, like a lot of years, had a lot of ups and downs, but um, entertainment-wise, I enjoyed a lot of things. Um, I, I started a little project called Marriage near the end of 2022. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. Right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, October 7th. So, you know, we've been together a few months now and we haven't stabbed one another. So I'm going to say <laughs> it's a successful marriage so far. Uh, yeah. you're, st- you're still in the honeymoon stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, thankfully she gets along with my parents. Um, probably they like her better than me at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a big part of 2022. If anything, I'm hoping for a quieter 2023 because trying to move across the country, plan a wedding, buy a house in the span of about, you know, three to six months is not something I would encourage people to do. You know what? Wow. Keeps you on your toes, my friend. Keeps the marriage fresh. That's it. <laughs> That is very cool. So awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you here, sir. It is really an honor. So, of course, we want to thank everyone at home who's been watching us up on YouTube. And, you know, of course, if you enjoy our content, please like and subscribe. You know, you can find the button right underneath. And I'm not pointing at Mike Gordon. I'm pointing below him. So it's always good. And it's not Ashley either. So. (laughs) So, But definitely, please like and subscribe. We would definitely appreciate it. And of course, all those who are listening on the audio version of this, of course, you get a little extra here and there. And there's the cat. The cat there we go. <laughs> so we're an official cat video now, folks. So thank you. But of course, for, as I was saying, anyone listening at home, please, of course, if you enjoy our content, please subscribe to our show. We do really appreciate it. And feedback is always welcome. But Just letting people know about us is always a great thing. Our numbers have been growing. 2022 has been a great year for us. We started the Earth Station One YouTube channel. We got into a a couple new locations for the audio version. So, you know, we're growing and coming to, you know, a home near you. So, you know, you're going to be serving dinner to us next year when we do the Geek Seat of 2023. (laughs) You know, we'll be just doing this personally. We'll be holograms in your living room or something. You know, we'll be sitting there with that. You know, the technology is changing so quickly. Don't be surprised. And I might not be joking on that one, too, which is pretty (laughs) fun. But it's going to be a Can my hologram look like Boris Kojo? Exactly. Just just because they can doesn't mean they should. No. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely not. But it's going to be a ton of fun. So feedback at Earth Station One is always the best way to get in contact with us. If you have any comments and stuff, and we did get a couple of comments that we'll be reading over at the end of the show. So we got a comment on Wednesday Adams, actually two of them, uh, one from Ashley's dad even. So it's awesome. Oh, so, you know, he, of course, left feedback up on YouTube. So it's thank you to our number one viewer up on YouTube. It's <laughs> It's always awesome. Now we have to see if he keeps on watching when Ashley's not on the show. That's oh, going to be the big mm, part. Yep. That's going to be the big one. So would would anybody? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. 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 I don't think so. But yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. And of course, you know, if you want, you know, as we always like to say, howdy to our patrons. Our patrons are our lifeblood. For those who don't know what our Patreon is, the ESO Network has an amazing Patreon with four different levels right now. And, you know, anywhere from a dollar up to $15. It's, you know, you can help support ESO. And there's some amazing, amazing bonuses you get out of it. You get exclusive material. And it's just a ton of fun. And you too can take a shot at the geek seat at our $20 level. Oh, 
sorry, our $15 level, $20 level is not there yet. Coming soon. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. 2023, the future is here. So we have to wait and see, but definitely check it out. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO network. Definitely check that out. Of course, we also want to say thank you to our sponsor for this evening. Our sponsor, of course, is Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical has amazing sunglasses. With the new year here, the future is so bright, and you got to wear shades, as we like to say. So check it out. Tifosi Optical has amazing sunglasses, and as a thank you, you could put in the coupon code EarthStation1, and you can get 10% off your whole order. Not just one pair of glasses, but your whole order, and they'll even do prescriptions for you. So definitely check it out, tifosioptics.com. Check it out. All right, Mr. Mike, are you ready to strap 2022 down? You know, take it for a ride around the block and, you know, throw it out after we're done? And I think we're all ready for that. Um, uh, So much so. um, For those people who are new to our show, whether you're watching or listening, uh, first of all, howdy, welcome. Um, Second of all, the geek seat thing, um, it's just our way of uh, doing interviews. We have a questionnaire. Um, that we have uh, a select questionnaire that we usually have for people that we interview. And we like to apply that to things uh, uh, on a yearly basis of 2022 in this case. And so it'll be more specific. We'll we'll go over the questions as we go through it. But just so you know, um, I don't claim to uh, have originated this questionnaire. Um, It was very much inspired by James Lipton. From inside the actor studio, he had a questionnaire that he actually got from Bernard Pivo, um, and Bernard Pivo got it from Marcel Proust, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just feel like I'm just continuing on the tradition of uh, of all these weird My, and wacky questions. We have our cards here. We're ready for these questions. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Basically, it's uh, I just you know I don't claim to be uh, original. I guess that's what the dude in, <laughs> in, in podcasting and in radio, there's no such thing as an original idea, so it's okay. No kidding, no kidding. So just just want to explain for those people who are new to the show, and maybe some people who were listening to the show all this time and did not realize that. But uh, so anyway, we're going to start with big questions. We're going to start with probably the biggest question of all, which is what in 2022 was your favorite geek out moment? Now, this can cover anything from a movie you watch, television show, something you read, comic book, uh, you know, novel, something like that. But uh, what was the favorite moment that made you geek out in 2022? And and Channing, you're the newbie here, so we're going to start with you. Oh, yeah. Pick on the new guy. Oh, um, yeah. Well, duh. Come the- on. <laughs> <laughs> what are new guys for? <laughs> this was one of those where it was like asking me to pick my favorite child, which is funny because, well, actually, now that I'm married, I do have a child. But um, it, this was a little tough because there was a lot to pick from. But if I had to go with just one, um, obviously what they did with Black Panther and Wakanda Forever, that whole thing was just kind of a movie about grief wrapped in a superhero rapper and how they managed to handle that and how they worked in Namor or Namor, as they called him in the movie. Um, A lot of people have been clamoring for that to see him. That was a major one. Um, But if I had to give an honorable mention to one, it would be Glass Onion, which I know is recent. But the geek in me just loved the good murder mystery and God bless Daniel Craig and his Southern accent. That That's really all I can say. 
but uh yeah that's a that's a very good one i know that uh um i would make it an honorable mention myself but what kind of forever was just so full of well they call it the feels right like you really feel a lot especially in the beginning uh, but at various other points in the movie the end and everything it, it definitely is one of those movies this year more than any other that i think required tissues Ashley, yeah, what about definitely. you? Yeah, so my uh, favorite geek out moment was falling in love with Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I feel like every year my favorite geek out moment is Star Wars. So it's sorry, Star Wars, you know, I still love you, but I just fell in love with this show from the first episode. The Star Trek original series characters have always been um, close to my heart. And I love that this series is taking some of those characters, that time frame, and just having this fun, great adventure. I looked forward to watching an episode every week. And it was just such a fun, enjoyable experience. And I can't wait to see it return. So that was my favorite geek out moment. My honorable mention was um, also just... Um, loving the show house of the dragon and hearing the game of thrones theme song again every mm-hmm. sunday night and then i am so far unspoiled i know that there george r r martin's writings are out there so some people know how this whole thing is going to go down but i don't and so i'm really excited to be able to again watch each week and just be a part of that geek experience so just those two great stories um made me excited to be a geek in 2022 Strange New Worlds was definitely one. It got me back into Star Trek, uh, so I, I, I recognize your feelings on that. And especially as a fan of the original series, especially that finale, which oh, yeah. ties yes. in so closely with an actual, I won't spoil it, but for an actual, uh, we may spoil some things, by the way, uh, on this show tonight. So we will try to warn you when we do so. No, but, you've, um, you've just warned them. You don't have to warn them. Yeah. <laughs> you've been no. warned. You, you have been warned. So, so there you go. Um, at least I will try. Now, some of the, you know, some of the others might be a little bit more ruthless than that. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, that that season finale that ties in so closely with, and I, you know, one of the original series, one of my favorite original series episodes. That was a lot of fun. I, I really appreciated the work they did on that. Um, Mike, what about you? What was your uh, favorite geek out moment of the year? Well, my f- favorite geek out moment actually happened in episode one of Sandman. Actually, when uh, Burgess ca- did the incarnation and they were, you know, doing the chant and Morpheus showed up in the circle wearing the helmet and the hood and, you know, having and them stripping him naked and him laying there in the circle was right from the comic book and it was just going looking at the tv and yelling neil has done it he has brought sandman to life after you know 30 years of trying and it being so good that was a true geek out moment for me it was just amazing to see and just the whole season you know, there were so many moments, but that was the first one. And then later in that episode, when Morpheus got free and he was, he had transformed into the cat and the guy was following him and he was sitting in the room and you see the shadow, his shadow. And all you see is his red eyes. That was right. It, that was just like, oh my God, it is the drawing. It is awesome. It is really cool. 
it was difficult for me to choose a moment from the Sandman that, I mean, we talked about it last week when we did our best ofs, um, because every episode was right from the comic. Um, it was a, was maybe not a complete, like a hundred percent faithful, but the, the feelings were there. And, uh, I think for me, the meeting between, uh, Morpheus and Lucifer, um, I was just like, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. It's one of my favorite sequences from the comics, and I can't believe that they are doing such a phenomenal job on this right oh, now. Oh, exactly. Or his conversation with Death, his sister. Yes, yes. That, was that just... whole episode was outstanding as well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that was my favorite. Um, honorable mention, of course, was the revival of Kate Bush because of Stranger <laughs> Things was just <laughs> just awesome and it was great i love it when a young audience gets uh rediscovers a great artist you also had that of course in wednesday also when she was doing her dance mm -hmm. and everything and uh peacemaker yep oh the peacemaker oh, yeah. that yeah. dance at the beginning you know is just awesome a lot and, of uh a lot of dancing Mm -hmm. exactly so you know what folks i think you know it's great to have classic music back and it's great when younger people you know when people in their teens now are going oh who's this i've got to look it up and then they sail to the top of the charts because they realize hey this music is pretty darn good yeah mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. that's when we were you, well that's what we did when we were younger listening to like or seeing something and use something from the 60s or 70s right and uh yeah yeah that's outstanding stuff um and i was really happy because that i love that song by kate bush i mean that's one of my favorites of hers anyway and and the fact that it was used in a respectful way because sometimes you know, filmmakers or whatever try to do something ironic or something, you know, flip the script on some and use some sh some song so that it's not the way it's intended. But man, it was so powerful when when that was used in, in Stranger Things uh, multiple times. Um, and it was great that they didn't have someone just redo it. Um, so that was awesome. Mm -hmm. I agree. But none of those made my list. Uh, there are honorable mentions to be sure. But uh, ultimately, and I kind of talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about our favorite movies, but I'm a Batman guy. And uh, the beginning of the, the uh, Matt Reeves film, Batman, is still one that gives me chills. It is the best, by far the best beginning of any Batman movie. Uh, and I'm not talking about the, the scene where the Riddler kills the dude. Like that's like after that. Once the the narration starts and the signal goes up and they show everybody uh, on the street kind of looking at the signal and looking into the shadows and finding like, which one is he going to pop out from and everything like, and how it, how his presence affects a city on that street level had never been done before in any Batman sh show, except for maybe the cartoon, the animated series. Um, and right then, I knew that this was going to be a special Batman uh, story, and uh, I, I love the movie. Uh, there's some issues with it, to be sure, but that tone that it sets up is probably the best tone uh, Batman noir, or Gotham noir, whatever you want to call it, 
uh, that uh, I, 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 there is for any Batman movie. And I will put that up against the Michael Keaton films and anything else any day of the week. Um, it gives me chills. I just rewatched it just like a half hour ago, just to go like, am I making this up? Did I make a big deal about this? And then I watched it and I'm getting chills as they're looking down the alley and they don't know if he's coming or not. Uh, so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've got that. I've got that one on my list. Um, it wasn't <laughs> a perfect movie, like you said, but to see a different take on Batman where he was kind of fallible, he wasn't God Batman. You could see he was still kind of learning the ropes and, you know, no spoilers, but he missed one or two things along the way. Yeah, I enjoyed it, and I hope that it's something that survives everything that HBO oh, and James that's going on, right? Doing. <laughs> Absolutely, it's like they finally get it right, and then all of a sudden, like, oh no, we, we might not just dis- it might disappear. But I, I don't think so. I think we've got it for at least one more movie, if not two. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what that all turns out to be. But at least we have this, and that was an outstanding moment uh, for me that I completely geeked out of. The other one that I will say, and this is kind of a minor spoiler, but it's at the end of the Fogelmans when we see uh, young, uh, sorry, Fablemans, when we see young uh, Fableman uh, meet John Ford for the first time. And uh, as a classic movie guy, um, that sequence was utterly, uh, geek me, I geeked out over that so much. Uh, it's a great story if it, if it did happen, um, which I believe it actually did to Spielberg. And the fact that John Ford is played by David Lynch and David Lynch is there being directed by Steven Spielberg. I mean, it's just like on so many levels, it's like, whoa, this is just such a big moment. It's a geek out moment. Um, I I just love that. I love that. I loved it even more so because after he left and they did the shot of him walking out of the studio and they changed the horizon line on it to make it interesting instead of dead center. As if to say, like, yep, uh, Spielberg took that, what he said to heart. Um, And uh, it's just, uh, it was just an awesome sequence. And it made me geek out uh, on on a lot of levels. So um, that was our favorite geek out moments of the year. Um, But, of course, we're talking about the good stuff. And we got to, you know, now talk about the bad stuff. Bring it down a little bit. So, Ashley, we're going to start with you on this round. What was your most disappointing geek out moment? Uh, What turned your geek off? in, in yeah. last year. Well, I was really looking forward to Jurassic World. I thought the trailers had a real Force Awakens vibe. I was so excited to see the planet overrun with dinosaurs. How is humanity going to cope with this? And unfortunately, the movie delivered none of what I was hoping for. You know, I always try to go into a movie with an open mind and try to give things a fair chance, but I think this movie was just a big whiff. And so I'm... It it was hard because I think it could have been so much more. And if you're going to have all those um, performers from the original films come back and then just to have it not live up to that hype was a pretty disappointing moment for me. Absolutely. I, would, I think it was on both of our lists of our, our top picks for the year, right? It I mean, was. This, it seemed like a no-brainer. <laughs> and, yeah, so I, I'm I'm still feeling sad even as I um, bring that back. Just remember sitting in IMAX and then slowly realizing over the first 10, 15 minutes, like, this is not going to be what I think it's going to be. But um, another, my honorable mention, or I guess dishonorable mention is, um, the book of Boba Fett, which I had a lot of hopes for that too. And there were some good moments, 
But part of the problem was the best moments were the moments with the Mandalorian. And the show wasn't the Mandalorian. It was the book of Boba Fett. So I feel like this was just not a terrible show. Definitely more watchable than Jurassic World, but definitely not all it could have been. So it's always just kind of hard when you're really looking forward to something and it just doesn't quite deliver what you were hoping for. I could see that totally. There were so many scenes. It's like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. That's what they did. What? What? Yep. What? Yep. So yeah, I can totally it, understand it, that. Yeah, I didn't feel as disappointed, but yes, I did feel like there was something missing from that series, especially after we got like Andor and all of that. I was like, man, I just feel like when I look back on what the year for Star Wars was, it seems like there was a couple of missed opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So, my my I, thought on it is kind of, it was okay, but I don't need a second season. Yes. You know, there's, I, nothing, there's nothing that happened that makes me want to... Okay, maybe seeing more what Phoenix Shan is doing because I love Ming Na Wen. Yes, I don't yes. need another uh, book of Boba Fett. No, yeah. yeah. How, how, how does Boba Fett get like you know like sort of upstaged by almost every other character in his own? Yeah, show? I think that was part of the problem too. Like, there's some great side characters, but wait, this is the book of Boba Fett. Like, you poor guy, he's relegated to like the end of the chapter. Exactly. So. Just put him in the put him back in the tank. He'll be okay. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, on that uh, note, uh, Channing, what was your most disappointing geek out moment? Oh, boy. Um, this was an interesting year for disappointing stuff. Um, I'm going to start with some low hanging fruit. Um, the Resident Evil series on Netflix. Mm. Um, I get it. It was a show based on video games. So I, I it was a very low bar that I had for it. But I looked at that cast and the the resources they were putting in it and i really thought it was going to be better um than it was um i even tried to watch it because i have a love-hate relationship with shows that time jump um throughout throughout the episode not even throughout the series but just throughout the episode and (laughs) they were doing so much of that it was really kind of hard to follow um the plot was kind of all over the place um so yeah i was I was really disappointed. I was hoping it was going to be one of those video game shows that kind of broke the mold and um, was at least watchable. And yeah, I just got to say that it wasn't. Um, switching over to the the hardware side, Google Stadia. Um, when it was announced, I knew it wasn't going to last, but I'm still kind of sad that it got canceled. Um I don't get to play games as much as I do, but I still follow the industry very closely. Mm-hmm. And there was some merits behind it, but I also know it was kind of first generation. But um, Google Stadia, when um, Cyberpunk launched and basically no console could play it, Google Stadia was one of the few systems you could play that on just because of the whole distributed gaming, everything in the cloud. It played well on Google Stadia while they were still trying to get it fixed on xbox and sony so i'm kind of sad to see that they just cut it instead of trying to give us you know stadia 2.0 or growing the ecosystem on on that one so Mm -hmm. yeah those are two kind of big ones yeah absolutely absolutely mike what about you oh that's a good question you know no one's gonna be surprised by this the last two episodes of doctor who they did this season you know Mm. chibnall why bother? You phoned it in. It was such a disappointment. You know, the Sea Devils episode felt like it was written by a fifth grader. 
and possibly you know they just put chris's name on it to make him feel better because he couldn't do better but it was then the jody's final episode the power of the doctor had so much potential it had so much good coming out of it return of some old companions some old friends and even some old doctors they had so much potential and it fell flat on its face and everyone knows how much i love doctor who and it was frustrating because jody acted the hell out of it she did such a great job but you know you can be great acting and you still if your script is dog poop you know you're still going to be reading dog poo and you know and that's what it came out of and you know i wanted to see more but it was it was frustrating as hell for you know doctor who fans mm-hmm. and it was just god I, I i'm gonna go on a rant if i keep this up so i'm gonna you know I'll, I'll save it for when we talk on Earth Station Who, because you could find that if, for those who don't know. We have another Doctor Who <laughs> podcast where we talk all things Doctor Who every other week, and it's gonna—it's a ton of fun. And we for, thoroughly reviewed both episodes that were shown, and it—you it, know—he had so many episodes and so many, you know so much time between the two he had you know six months between the two episodes i was fully expecting every bit of power he had to wrap up everything to make great stories for this final jody episode called the power of the doctor and it's like he didn't it's like what did you do with this time dude were you just working on your resume what you know because you're out of a job and it kind of was disappointing so that's that's what I'm going to say about that. It, yeah, well, and and I, you know, we much, uh, you know, we on, uh, feel very similarly about Chibnall and everything like that, and that's why one of the things you'll find on Earth Station Who every time we record is we always manage to squeeze in some Chibnall bashing. Of course, even when he's not on the show, we <laughs> Chibnall bash. Yes, yes, yeah, and I, I I expect that to continue in the new year. Hell, when we were at Dragon Con this year, we did a you know a Jody Whitaker, you know, pod, you know, panel at doing Earth Station Who, the best of the, you know, the best of the 13th Doctor. And it all turned out in within three minutes, it turned into a bashing Chipnell panel. So, you know, there you go, folks. There you, you got to go. give the people what they want. Exactly. <laughs> you, do. you do. You do. Jenny, you couldn't have said it better, my friend. You really couldn't have said it better. And folks, we love Doctor Who on the, on this show. You know, we originally started this show as partly a Doctor Who podcast. So it was, you know, we love Doctor Who. So, you know, any of the hate mail you're about to write and everything, you know, send it to our folks at our station who, or if you want, you know, even send it to the people over at, you know, the Watchathon for Rassilon or send it to any of the other ones who really care. I don't you know. So there you go. <laughs> But there you go. All right. And my, All right. my honorable mention. Oh, yes, of course. Is the train wreck that has become the DCU film and TV verse. It has so fallen apart. And it's sad to see because it was beautiful when it was the Arrowverse. It was awesome when, you know, before Zack Snyder 
you know, got his hands on it and started tearing it apart. And there were hints of brilliance in Black Adam. I'm not going to lie. And there was hints of brilliance in Stargirl this year, hints of brilliance in The Flash, even. And Legends of Tomorrow was awesome, but they decided to cancel it and everything. They, and they were introducing Booster Gold of all characters. It was going to be great. You know, Superman and Lois, I still have hopes for that. But I'm pretty sure that's going to get canceled probably after this season anyway. Like Mike said last week, Doom Patrol, same thing. Brilliant show. Brilliant, brilliant show. Titans, I think, is kind of a train wreck right now. But, you know, there's, you know, you have good and bad. So hopefully we'll get some, you know, something out of it. You know, there which... are some new guys at the head that uh, I have faith in. So, um, you know, it's going to be rough for, I think, another year or two. But I think um, probably starting next year, we're going to see some some good stuff. That's cool because, yeah. you know, as long Hopefully, as we... Hopefully the train will be righted. Oh, I hope the path so. Of, the road will be righted. Something Fingers like crossed, my friends. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Justice for Legends of Tomorrow. Yep. I'm with you on that one. They, they deserve <laughs> a chance to wrap that show up because don't get me wrong, that first season was rough. But after that, they really found their stride. They just said, you know what, we're going to turn into the skid of goofiness. Mm-hmm. And I think with that cast and that setup, it it worked fine. And I wish they would have had a chance to have a a good a, a good goodbye. Yeah, I agree completely with that. You couldn't have said that better, because you know that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, this show kept on getting better and better each season, but because of the first season and a half, they lost a lot of their audience. But they did build a loyal audience also at the same time. So it was it was interesting, folks. So those are my most disappointing moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Damn you, Chibnall. Well, my, <laughs> my my most disappointing moment, uh, movie-wise, uh, certainly, and on so many levels, um, it's kind of related. Uh, Mike's, it's, it has to do with uh, another doctor. Um, but I'm just going to sum it up in one word, and that one word is Morbius. Ooh, and, ouch, and you know what? Yes. I'm not even going to do it uh, any favors by talking about it any more than that. Just, just don't, just don't, it don't. I kind of knew that I shouldn't have, and I still did, but don't, don't, don't. So, oh, it's so painful. I love that character in the comics too, um, but don't. All right. So that said, we're going to move on to the another category. And uh, this is our favorite character of 2022. Uh, this can be real, can be fictional. Um, it's, it's fun either way. Uh, but Mike, we're going to start with you. Who was your favorite character of the year? You're going to be surprised by this one, Captain Christopher Pike of Strange New Whoa. World. Oh, it's the hair, right? It's the hair. It's got to be the hair. Every episode, his hair keeps on getting <laughs> bigger and bigger. It's like, wow, they must have a huge supply of hair gel in the uh, 23rd century. So it is. It's he is the captain. I've always wanted to see on Star Trek. He is so good natured. He is, but he, he can turn in a heartbeat and show how serious he is. And, you know, Anson Mount is awesome as it. And he has fully fleshed out this character who only appeared really in one and a half episodes of the TV series. And then once, you know, and then again in the, you know, Kelvin universe or whatever they call it. 
and you yeah, know, that first or the, for those first two movies, exactly um, until he was killed by, and he wasn't by played Karn. by you know bad actors in either one of those. No, not at all. But Anson Mount has just done an amazing, amazing job as Christopher Pike. He makes me excited each week to watch this because I want to see what he's going to do. You know, even the fir- very first episode of the series, when he beamed down to the planet and right in the middle of the two warring factions, it's like, hi, you know, and it, he was he was just great. And, you know, this is what you want from a Federation captain. And I just I thought he was awesome. And, you know, I want it makes me excited for season two, which we're going to get later this year. And, you know after the train wreck that we had with Picard season two, you know, I'll be very, you know, I was very happy with strange new worlds. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ashley, what about you? Who was your uh, favorite character of the year? Well, my top character of the year is none other than Wednesday Adams, which wow, because that was a show I wasn't even going to watch. So uh shout out. Thanks dad for, making me watch that series. Um, Jenna Ortega, what a great iconic performance. Just, um, I fell in love with the character. I, I loved her vibe, just everything about it. Such a fun, entertaining show and none of it would have worked without that great lead performance anchoring it. So, um, yeah, just one of my favorite surprise series of the year and my favorite character and my honorable mention have to send some more love to Captain Christopher Pike um, for all the reasons that Mike said. I feel like he's a little bit of a mix of some of the best qualities of the Starfleet captains we've had over years. And again, like best hair in the Federation. I don't know how he does it throughout all these adventures, but shout out to Captain Christopher Pike. I'm looking forward to seeing more of his adventures to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Channing, I think you were uh, nodding in agreement on that. I take it you've got, uh, we've got a duplicate there? Yeah, definitely had Wednesday Adams. Um, I, I love the show. I love the character, the dance. I mean, it, it is yes. dead on. It is a role that I associated with Christina Ricci for so long. Mm-hmm. And she just really turned it and made it her own. And yeah, and it, it's just a, a good show all around, you know, as as a bit of an outcast myself sometimes i i can i can re- relate and respect it um but i'm gonna go a little off the sci-fi curve there's a show called abbott elementary that i love to my core it is a great show it is probably one of the realest portrayals of teaching i've ever seen which is also kind of sad but there's a guy on there he's the school janitor and his name is mr johnson no first name And he is one of my favorite characters because he just pops up and either makes a joke at the right time or comes in with some wisdom at the right time. He manages to relate everything to trash. You know, it it just (laughs) it it just comes along. And I jokingly call the show Mr. Johnson and Friends. Um, But, yeah, it's it's a great show. If you're not watching it, highly recommend it. And I got to say it, my dude, Mr. Benoit Blanc, um, again, yeah, yeah, that, that Southern accent. He wears a full seersucker swimming suit to get into the pool while he's holding his drink. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed, but um, he's kind of become a meme on Twitter in that they're putting him in other movies. 
but he still got the you know the whole thick accent. And there's one of him in Jurassic Park that I I just I just think is great. It's like, well, well, sir, I just I just I just don't understand. I feel like when you were asking if if you could do it. You didn't have the sense to ask if you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was great. Um, yeah, th- those were definitely favorites um, this year. Um, my other honorable mention would go to um, going to back to Star Trek. Um, Instant Beckett Mariner from uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, um, the cartoon show. I got into it earlier this year and now I'm caught up and I honestly love that character. She's a badass, a smart ass and actually a nice ass, just kind of all rolled up in one. Um, and I, I don't know how they managed to pull that That's off. That's a little personal right there. No. <laughs> hey, you know. No, no, no. I meant a nice person. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me rewind that. Apparently that did not come up right. It's all right. Come out it's right. all right. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. This is no, why no, no, no. This is why I'm, I'm not judging the, high, the, the rear ends of animated cartoon women. <laughs> <laughs> or real women. <laughs> this is going out to, Ch- to Channing's wife right afterwards, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cartoon women she'd be okay with so yeah <laughs> she knows who she married you know, yeah. you know jessica rabbit ruined us all as when we were young right right yeah yes um so uh my favorite character of the year uh i'm agreeing completely with ashley it was wednesday adams for me uh, for different reasons, actually, because I was familiar with the character. I'm a big old school Adams family, uh, snap, snap, uh, you know, uh, the whole family, black and white, 60s show. Uh, also like the movie, especially uh, Christina Ricci has the best scene in any of those movies, which is the uh, Thanksgiving play scene, right? Where she's, <laughs> it's just, it's classic. If you haven't seen it, Google it. It's great. It's the best, like, but they take that version of Wednesday and they make a series about it. And uh, Jenna is amazing. She completely owns that show. Um, and I'd never heard of her before. And so for her to do that was, uh, you know, completely uh, amazing to me. Also, uh, you know, she's already become like, you know, a huge internet sensation with the dance. I don't think there's a time when I go online where somebody's not recreating that dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that she choreographed it herself while she was suffering from the early stages of COVID just makes it that much more impressive. But to me, the number one example or the m- number one reason is that Wednesday Adams, we know that in a normal high school environment or in a normal town, she is an outcast. She is an outsider. But what I found was really interesting was that when you put her with other, let's say, supernatural creatures, other strange folks, she's still an outcast. She still stands out. She still is one of those persons that you don't think likes you at all but you really want her to like you. Like, it's just, it's an amazing uh, thing that she has. Like you really want to impress her, even though she wants nothing to do with you and you understand that, but yet you're, it's compelling. Um, It's just a great, great character that that I think they've amplified uh, so much so that, uh, you know, she's really the only one out of, I think the whole family that could, carry her own series mm-hmm. and uh and she does so wonderfully now of course you know 
Fester's another quest, uh, another thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing, the thing is, I probably would get annoyed too easily with a Fester show. I really would. It would be it, kind of too crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can only take Fester in doses. I get that. I get that. Um, the other, uh, if I'm going to have an auto mention, um, I have to reach out back to the Sandman uh, death. Uh, oh, I she think was awesome. played by uh, Kirby Howell Baptiste. If you had told me, because that character is so amazingly impactful in the comics. Um, she doesn't show up a lot, but when she does, it makes a difference in almost every story that she's featured in. And even in this season, she's only in one episode. And yet that is like the the sort of like, pin on the wall episode for almost everybody because it's such an amazing job such an amazing character to bring to life and kirby i know kirby uh baptiste from when she was on the good place i thought she was amazing in that and if you had told me while i was watching that show that kirby was going to be playing the death and with the character of death in the same series i was like what really because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like she would fit at all and I'm not talking about the color of her skin or anything, just the way she played the character that she was on The Good Place. Night, night and day, um, literally. Absolutely. But yet she encompasses that role and she is she is death for me now. Like, you know, and that's a that's a hard image to eclipse. Um, because in the comics, she's very, very iconic. Uh, but now seeing her in live action, um, you know, I <laughs> find it weird but now i can't wait to see death again <laughs> i can't wait to get a visit from death because if it's kirby then everything's going to be okay like it's just it's amazing the the job that she did and the writers and and bringing that character to life it's just a, a wonderful thing and it wasn't easy i'm sure um all right so we're going to switch now to um our least favorite character of 2022 and uh, for this category, usually on when we're interviewing somebody, the question is, what character would you least want to meet? And that's the approach that I took to this category. Not so much that the character is, is junk, is garbage. It's that, you know what, if I was in a dark alley, if I was in a well-lit alley, if I was just sitting at home, there's one character that I really got to know this past year that I would not want to have anything to do with. And that character's name is Lalo Santamanca. Salamanca. Salamanca. <laughs> Salamanca. Lalo, Lalo is, when he shows up, when he shows up in, in Better Call Saul, and that's the series, for those people who don't know. Poor Howard. Poor, poor Howard. <laughs> Better Call Saul, it's, it's the, 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 this was the last season, and so there's a lot of things that are happening Plot-wise, story-wise, character-wise. But through it all, there's a dark cloud overhead. And that dark cloud's name is Lalo. You never know where or when he's going to pop up. But when he does, I don't want to say it's trouble because that's an understatement. I mean, it's scary. And the character uh, is played by Tony Dalton. And man, it does he does does a great job of making this character so menacing that I don't know, I would get nervous meeting Tony. <laughs> like, like if I just met Tony at a con or something, I'd be like, uh, 
I mean, that character is kind of rubbed off on him, I think. So we'll see what he does in the future. But, ooh, man, that is a nasty character. It's interesting, though, because how you the character and the actor, because the actor also played Swordsman in Hawkeye. And, oh, right. That's right. And he was a lot lighter in that, in that <laughs> yeah, series. Yeah, I hardly even really brought to my attention. I mean, yeah. I hardly even recognized him there because he's so different. Oh, he is. And how they ended the first part of the final season of Better Call Saul with Lalo showing up at Saul. And, well, actually, Jimmy and what was her name again? Um, Jimmy's house, basically, mm -hmm. the apartment. Jimmy, their apartment. Yeah. yeah. Kim. Kim. And Jimmy and Kim's. And Howard was in there because he had just been let go and everything and you know he was lauding them how they won and everything and then lalo shows up and how they ended that and i'm not going to spoil that because it is such a great scene it was it was just amazing so right but it's 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 not <laughs> it yeah when and like i said and lalo does terrible things throughout oh, the season yes. oh, um yeah. i remember he was in the season prior to this but I don't think we saw full Lalo until this year because he was he was on a mission and he was enraged and whew, uh, that is that is a charging bull that I do not want to be anywhere near. Um, uh, so that's I don't have any honorable mentions because no one could stack up to Lalo Salamanca. Um, and and I should say too, out of all the Salamancas, like I've never been afraid of any of them, but this guy. Yes, like because there's been other Salamancas in the franchise, and I've just been like, oh, they're you know they're they're okay, they're what they are. But Lalo is crazy. The twins uh, got me scared a little bit, but you know, yeah, the twins. Whenever they show up, yeah, that's yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah. They're 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 an impending force. That's to be sure. Uh, Channing, what about you? Who was your least favorite character of 2022? However, you turn to define it. So um, I actually broke it down. I have a least favorite fictional character and a least favorite um, real life character. Um, the fictional character, it's actually a tie um, from House of Dragons, Sir Kristen Cole and Damon Targaryen. And there's like <laughs> 80 people named Damon on that show. So I was specifically <laughs> meaning the one played by Matt Smith. Uh -huh. um, Kristen Cole, he got rejected by a woman and he just decided, you know what, screw this honorable knight stuff. I'm just going to be this backstabbing misogynist. Um, I think he even runs a men's rights blog on the side. That's how hard <laughs> of a turn that he took. And um, I love Matt Smith as an actor and he's doing one of those where he is making me not like him because he's playing this character so well. It's like, you know what? He is really playing this character too well. I'm starting to wonder if he might be like that in real life. <laughs> um, he, he's not, I'm sure. But um, yeah, yeah. Are Damon you sure? Is, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed. Uh, you know uh, what? If a, Matt Smith isn't listening, wide, you should come on this podcast and let people know that it, you're not like that. So please, it, it, you know, call him up and let him know. It's quite a distance from his role as the doctor. That's for sure. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. So those two, I, I can't stand them. I love the show, uh, but I can't stand them. They're terrible, terrible people. Um, real life, um, they're kind of connected. One is Ezra Sorry. Miller. Oh. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, that's high praise because I don't think there are, there are like 
Oh, I maybe almost everybody on House of Dragon is a terrible person. <laughs> this is so, true. So, so imagine how how bad they have to be. Exactly. That's what I'm making. I'm, the 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 I'm like, there's not too many. I'm like, can you name? That's a challenge. Can you name? That's another show. Uh, to name someone who's actually a good person on House of Dragon. But, <laughs> uh, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't oh, want to interrupt fine. you dissing is Ezra Miller because I mean this yeah, is I mean, I mean, this is what's going to get us on yeah. like you know on all the right. on all the 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 uh, talks. I mean, there are so many reasons to not like Ezra Miller, and I won't get into all of them because some of them are like super duper creepy. But the fact that he has not been in someone's jail cell by now is just shocking to me. And I know they've had trouble finding him. Um, and the fact that all, after everything that um, DC slash HBO have cut, He's still with them as near as I could tell. And again, maybe it's because they just haven't been able to find him to give him the termination papers. I don't I, I don't know. I think he might um, have pictures or something of somebody. Yeah, it could, it could yeah. be. I, yeah. I don't know how you release that movie because, you know, it's just a, you it's cancel, just a nightmare. You cancel Batgirl, but you keep Flash, which is just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I I don't understand that at all. I, I I have no interest in seeing it. Well, I mean, I, I that's not true. I do have an interest in seeing it, but not because he's attached. Not for the reasons you thought right. you would. Exactly. Yeah, and that was kind of my thought. Like, I'm sure, because as near as I can tell, that movie is done and ready. And I guess, you know, reshooting it with a whole new star and doing special effects would cost a boatload of money. But you just cut a bunch of other shows for a tax write-off. Right, like, so, why not... Right, yeah, why that, not that one, and why not how much one? goodwill you'd get from that. And going back to what Mike said, that's my other um, thing. I'm not a fan of the higher ups at HBO and DC because you had a really good looking Batgirl movie that was basically in the can. I think they still had some post production work to do. There was enough done where they were able to screen what they had for the cast, mm -hmm. and. And you had some good representation in there, even though I know that's a bad word now for some strange reason. Not here. Um, that would have been a moneymaker for them. But again, to save a few tax dollars, they decided to just, you know, what is it? Cut off the nose to spite the face. I kind of feel like that's mm. that's what they did. So, yeah, it's a it's a double DC of um, least favorite for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ashley, what about you? Who is your least favorite character? Well, my um, I have two characters who are also from House of the Dragon, and they There's are so another, many to choose from. <laughs> another shout out to Sir Christian Cole, and then also Larys Strong, and then but also you know praise to the actors playing these characters because I mean they do a good job, really making you hate them. But Sir Christian Cole hurts a little bit more because at first I was kind of rooting for him, so like this might be an interesting you know kind of like forbidden love story between him and the princess, and he goes completely off the rails and it's like no i'm not rooting for you anymore so yeah again great performance from the actor but a character you just have to hate so hopefully he gets his just desserts coming forward in one of these seasons i think i don't think anybody's rooting for him anymore at this point so <laughs> yeah there's no uh, on on house of the dragon game of thrones there's no such thing as a redemption arc it's more like are they going to get their comeuppance <laughs> Yes, yes. There are certainly several characters I'm looking forward to seeing their, their just desserts and Christian Coles on top of that list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and Mike. Okay. 
Uh, mine is a group of people, actually. It goes out to all the fanboys who came out against She-Hulk months before the show even came out. Where, you know, even before you even saw the first trailer. Oh, why are they doing She-Hulk? You know, just bashing it for no reason. Just because they're misogynistic assholes, basically. And you know what? They were proven wrong. It ended up being a fun show. And you know what? You know, and I loved how they made fun of them in the show in the final episode, which was awesome. And, you know, I'm glad, you know, to see them get their comeuppance. It's just ridiculous. You know, you know, fandom lately has just gotten more and more ridiculous. And it's, it's gotten frustrating for somebody who's working in fandom, you know, who's putting together fandom and having all these people come out and, you know, comment, you know, Oh, this sucks because Disney bought so-and-so look at what Mike Gordon, look at what happened on Facebook this last week. You had to deal with something like that and you did a wonderful job, you know, putting it, putting that fire out. I don't think the fire's out. I think it's just moved on to someplace else, and that's fine because yeah. it has no place. That's play that stuff. That that stuff has no business being. He basically in, went in our group. Ooh, another shiny light. Ooh, let me go bother that. Yeah, in our group. I mean, that's it's just uh, yeah. It's that's not what we stand for. We don't talk about it a lot because we don't think we it's, don't, it's yeah. relevant. Like we we don't want to support it in any way. We don't want to no. help promote it in any sense. No, you don't want it. And that's part of the ridiculousness of it. And the hatred that came out of this, anything from tearing down Tatiana to tearing down the effects to tearing down the showrunners, anything to deal with Marvel, you know, and you ran into a, a lesser effect with Ms. Marvel and such, but she hope got most of the hate and I enjoyed the show. It didn't make my top 10 because there was just so much great content out there, but it was an amazing series. And I was glad to see, you know, Marvel make fun of themselves in it even, and just have, you know, be able to look at fandom and thumb their nose at them basically. And that was what was awesome about it. And, yeah, you know, and, go ahead. Yeah, and, yeah no, I was just going to say, uh, and with all the dark and gritty superhero stuff, it was nice to have a Miss Marvel and a She-Hulk, something just kind of light, um, kind of a palate cleanser. Um, feel the same way about Ant-Man, you know, after seeing people get dusted for five years and dying, it was nice to see just, you know, a heist movie <laughs> with some funny characters. Mm -hmm. Exactly. No, you are completely right. And it's, it's funny because you don't, you know, fandom's supposed to be fun and, you know, that leaves me to my second one. Damn you, Chibnall! But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that was um, number two. And then number three um, was my least favorite character on any TV show I watched was uh, Cyril Karn on Andor. You know, he was just one of those characters that is just so one-track-minded. All he wanted to get was that he wanted to get Andor, but he wanted to capture this guy and it cost him his job. He still wanted to do it and it, his life was falling apart and it just 
it just shows what pity of a person he is mm-hmm. and everything. And he was just not a likable character. And I knew you guys were going to do House of Dragons. So that's why I didn't <laughs> go for it. But, you know, so he's my not redeemable character because I don't think he can be redeemed. I, uh, that's true. That's true. Um, but I would still say that, you know, no offense, but if, you know, you put Lalo in House of Dragons, if you give Lalo a dragon, everyone's dead. Oh, God. Dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work out well for anybody. So, no, he, uh, he so... is sitting on the Iron Throne. What do you mean? Within yeah, 10 minutes, uh... he's on the Iron Throne. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I would like to counter with can you imagine Ezra Miller with a dragon? No, ooh, don't. Ooh, that's okay. Exactly. So now, Scary. now, now we're there, gonna have to. There's websites to, for that, folks. You can go. We're, <laughs> we're now that because of that, it's gotten out of hand. We're gonna have to take a break now uh, because that's just something that we should all just be quiet and just get out of our minds. Think about as much as you have to get it out of your minds, and then when we come back, we're gonna have some more good stuff and some more bad stuff of 2022. everybody michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment first one of 2023 happy new year to you but as time is wont to do 2023 has not wasted any time in delivering sad news we say goodbye to anita pointer a founding member of the pointer sisters she was the lead singer on their song fire uh written by bruce springsteen and a co-writer of the song fairy tale which became a big country hit that was later covered by elvis presley Her passing leaves Ruth as the only surviving member of the Pointer Sisters. We also say goodbye to Fred White, a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member with Earth, Wind & Fire. He was the band's longtime drummer. In better news, especially for fans of the Foo Fighters, the band issued a statement on social media saying goodbye to the most difficult and tragic year the band has ever known. They acknowledge that without Taylor Hawkins, they would have been a much different band and that they will be a different band going forward, uh, thus affirming that they will, in fact, be continuing. Um, They did say that they would see fans soon, but no uh, definitive statement has been issued on what their specific plans are or who will be handling the percussion duties. So we'll see how that plays out as 2023 rolls on. And he is Brian Harold May, PhD, and now Brian Harold May, PhD, CBE, Commander of the British Empire. Uh, the first New Year's Honors list issued by King Charles III had his name on there. He has been knighted for services to music and to charity. Um, he re- says it is less a reward than a charge to continue to fight for justice and to be a voice for those who have no voice. Um, That's Brian May for you, the Brian we know and love. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment, and we'll catch you next time. You know what now is a great time for? A promo for Soul Forge Podcast. We talk about love. Loss. Tattoos. Sex. Dating. Stupid things we do for love. Pop culture. Mental health. We've had author interviews. Adventures. And shenanigans. What? Soul Forge Podcast. Where? We're everywhere. Soul Forge Podcast. Subscribe today. Forge your soul.
Hey there, listeners. Welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it is time to look at our second round of 2022 in the Geek Seat. Mr. Mike, what do you got? Yeah, we're about we're about to get real pretty soon. Um, but uh, before we do, let's uh, find out what our favorite word, phrase, quote, pose, etc. are. Um, uh, and uh, we will start with you, Mike. Okay, mine actually is actually going to go to Better Call Saul, actually. Um, the episode when they had captured Nacho and they were about to kill Nacho. Um, basically, Juan Bolosa, who was um, basically one of the heads of the cartel, was like today said to Nacho, today you're going to die, but there are good deaths and there are bad deaths. Tell tell me what I need to know, and I will see that your death is a good one. So they're basically showing there is no way out, dude. Nacho, you're dead and everything, either way. And Nacho actually turned it around and ended up killing himself. Spoilers, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is a the writing on that show is so solid. Oh yeah. So solid. I love that show. I'm going to miss it. Um, Ashley, what about you? Yeah. So I, um, lately each year I've been trying to pick a word or theme for the year. And I believe last year I picked um, mindfulness. So this year I picked challenge because I wanted to kind of push myself into doing some new things trying some different things. The year actually ended up being challenging in ways that I wasn't prepared for, which I'll get into in the most disappointing things of the year. But um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of prove to myself that I could do some things. I recently became a fan of the Great British Baking Show and I would watch those episodes and watch them bake all these elaborate, complicated things and think there's no way I could do that. And then I thought, but what if I tried anyway? And so I've been working really hard over the past year to kind of challenge myself and improve in that. Um, since I'm a celiac, I have to do baking gluten-free, which adds another level of complexity on top of that. But I've definitely had some failures, but I'm really proud of myself with all the progress I've made. And then just reminding myself that if you face the challenges head on, you are strong enough. You can do it. You can learn new things. It's never too late to try something new and take on a challenge or something um, difficult. So yeah, that would just, that I would say was my theme for the year. And we just encourage other people to like, don't be afraid to try something different. That seems a little bit hard. You can do it and you may have a few mistakes and mess ups along the way, but you'll get there in the end. Mm -hmm. Nice sentiment. Awesome. All right. Channing, follow that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on, let's see. Oh, oh no, let's see that. <laughs> internet's going down. Oh no. <laughs> no, um one well said, Ashley. Um actually mine is just a quote and sadly it's from a recent one and it's just um and I won't try to do the accent. Um it's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Mm. Uh, that's a um, great yes. line. Yes, awesome. yes, yes. And if that Th that quote could be applied to like the last four years. <laughs> just being honest. Yeah, I could see that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I yeah, that one really kind of, kind of did it for me. And again, it came right near the end of the year, which is probably when I truly, truly needed to hear it. So, yeah, I think that's probably my big quote of twenty, twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect. Well said, and well, that was yeah, well written, Benoit Blank. Like we should all be like him, right? Yeah. I mean, the guy wears a fez in the bathtub. I mean. That's perfect for me. Well, as long as we all talk in the accent, I'll be thrilled. It'll be great. Yes. I was like, I could have spent all of the lockdown in a bathtub. How would it like, why didn't I think of that? Because we only have showers here. That's why. Uh, That's I, why. I was, I was going to say, you could have done each podcast in a bathtub. <laughs> not, not the same at all. Uh, no, I'm, well, I'm that, sure. and, and that was before we had videos. So yeah, that would have been, it's too late now because yeah, no way. Uh, for me. My favorite word, phrase, quote, pose, et cetera, et cetera, is say it's basically just one word. Uh, and it comes from uh, this recent series, the season of Doom Patrol. And that word is buttpocalypse. Um, <laughs> I, it, see, it makes you laugh. It makes you smile. It does. Usually the end of the world does not make people laugh. But if it's a buttpocalypse, that's going to end it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty funny. Uh, and it's pretty awesome. It's just one of the things about that about that show that I love so much. It's just crazy pants. Uh, and uh, th- yeah, th- as soon as I heard that word, I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. Um, now, I will, on a more serious note, uh, as an honorable mention, uh, I recently saw a uh, animation, an animated adaptation of the book by uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Macquarie. It's a children's book called uh, The Boy the mole the fox and the horse um and it is a beautiful book full of beautiful drawings and the animated uh, adaptation is done very well very heartwarming it's like getting a big hug like around your soul um and uh one of the phrases that i because i haven't actually read the book but uh now that i've seen the cartoon uh the animated on apple plus by the way um, I do want to get the book, um, because it, it does look like it's, uh, a little different and yet the same in terms of its sentiment. And one of the things that really stuck out for me, and especially for, uh, younger folks, actually for anybody who's, who's out there, I mean, who doesn't need to hear something like this? The quote is, always remember you matter. You're mm-hmm. important and you are loved and you bring to this world things no one else can just a simple phrase corny as heck but i mean it's it's so good to hear and it's it's something i think all of us need to be reminded of uh sometimes a lot (laughs) um so uh that is a well said and uh if you get a chance check that out uh check out the book Check out on Apple Plus. Not only is there uh, the animated um, adaptation is wonderful. It's only about a half an hour. But then there's a documentary on the author, the painter himself, which is really fun to watch. And he's a great soul. Um, it was a really great experience getting to know him over the weekend, watching all of that stuff. So I, I definitely encourage that. Um, all right. So now we're getting a little bit. I see I say that phrase. Because we're about to dip into some downer stuff, right? 
uh, and some good stuff, but some downer stuff. But before we get to the downer stuff, let's get to the good stuff. What was your favorite geek out moment in real life? This is not something you saw on TV, not a moment that like a, a character did on a show or in a book. Uh, Channing, we'll start with you. What was your favorite geek out moment of 2022? Ooh. Um, I got to march in the Dragon Con parade for the first time, which mm. was really awesome. fun. That's and, you great. know, you're seeing you're seeing it from a different angle. So seeing all the people there. But I think my favorite moment had to be something that happened at my wedding. Um, I love my wife, but she wanted a simple no shenanigans wedding. So, you know, I didn't get to wear my cape, you know, or, you know, dress, <laughs> Man, dress up like Lando or anything and like that. You know, my husband wouldn't let me do any Star Wars stuff either for my wedding. So I feel yeah. your pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't go in dressed down as my favorite G.I. Joe character or anything. Um, so I was well behaved, but two of my friends who I invited, one, they drove from South Carolina to Houston, Texas for the wedding, but they snuck two lightsabers in and I will have to find the picture and post it. There's a photo where we're exiting and all the people are outside and they managed to get the lightsabers and hold them up and cross them like the soldiers do. So there's a shot of my wife and I walking out under these two lightsabers. That's wonderful. Aww. Yes, and yes. had they not have done that, there would be absolutely nothing geeky at my wedding. So I'm glad they worked that in. And since it was near the end of the wedding, um, she either didn't care or was just too tired to care. So yeah. either way, I won. <laughs> yes and yes to those. Yes. <laughs> Was that, was that your Christmas card this year? <laughs> it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been, and it still might be in 2023. <laughs> Very nice. That sounds awesome. Yes. That sounds awesome. Uh, Ashley, what about you? What was your favorite geek out moment in real life this year, this past year? Yeah. Well, my favorite uh, geek out moment of 2022 was getting to uh, take my daughter to Disney World is one of my very favorite places in the world. And she had just turned one. So just getting to see her, the joy of like taking her on her first ride. And she actually, poor thing, she actually cried when the ride stopped because she wanted it to keep going and didn't understand why we had to get off. So just like seeing the magic through her eyes and like getting to take her to star Wars land. And I, she was wearing a little dressed up as Ray and Aww. see people say like, Oh, there goes tiny Ray. It was just really cool to be able to introduce um, a big part of my geek fandom to her. And even though she's one years old, she probably won't, she's not going to remember it, but we'll have those pictures and memories and hopefully more geeky good times with uh, me and her to come. Absolutely. That sounds like a Christmas card, too. Yes, and it was. Yep. So uh, our <laughs> Disney good. pictures did make the Christmas card. <laughs> okay, I'll ask you, Mike, do you have a, a a holiday card, a Hanukkah card moment from the year? Nope. I don't celebrate that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. My geeky moment, of course, for the year, of course, was us starting our wonderful YouTube channel. Finally, after years of us talking about it and just chatting and talking about it over years and years and years, we finally buckled down. We have years worth of videos that we actually have recorded and of, you know, interviews and segments and everything over, over Station One ever since we've switched over to Zoom, actually. 
from uh, the evil Skype, as we like to call it, <laughs> we actually have been doing, you know, you know, recordings of it. But we finally got around to saying, you know, it's about time we started to get a YouTube channel, started to expand our community and everything. And we did it. And we, we did it. And we got subscribers. People are actually watching us. That is one of my geeky moments, of course, of, you know, this year. And, you know, it's it's just amazing when you have something like that and actually people writing and say, hey, it's great to actually see you and Mike finally and actually get to see us talk and interview and have segments like this and it's just it's just fun when this actually comes around and everything it's pretty cool and you know my wife wouldn't let me have a lightsaber at my wedding either so it's okay (laughs) (laughs) that's why i I, I hear you all and that and people ask me why aren't you and michelle married that's why that's no lightsaber no deal that's why no geeky stuff no marriage. So like, you know, there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, my favorite geek out moment uh, of the year was uh, happened in the summer when I went to Wonderfest in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky. It's a uh, festival. It's a con I've never been to. And it's mostly for uh, model makers. And, and, uh, and I, I appreciate that, but it's not usually my thing. However, the star attraction of this year was a, uh, uh, appearance by um, Nicholas Meyer, who is a director of great renown, has directed one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And he's also done a lot of other great work as well, uh, The Day After, uh, Time After Time. I mean, he's done a lot of great movies, um, and he's most recently written a lot of um, uh, Sherlock Holmes stories. So, And I'm a big Sherlock Holmes guy, so it was uh, it was great to meet him. Um, he didn't, and he didn't disappoint. He was a really nice guy. Uh, we talked about actually, you know, I didn't, I didn't geek out completely. I didn't like, I didn't freeze. Uh, but despite the fact that I've been sort of admiring his work for most of my life, (laughs) you know, um, and yet, uh, we talked about Sherlock Holmes a bit and, and, and who he pictures when he writes and all that kind of stuff. Cause there's been many actors, of course, that have played him and all that. Of so. course. But we had a good, we had a fun talk about Sherlock and, and the actors and uh, he's just a great guy. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's, you don't know. Like they say, never meet your heroes, but you know, when you have the chance, I say go for it because you never know. And, 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 and so far I've been pretty lucky. I mean, uh, most of my heroes, uh, most of the people that I admire that I've met, it turned out to be decent people. So, um, and you know, Ezra Miller is not on my list of people that I want to meet. So uh, I think I'm, I'm going to avoid <laughs> one there, but uh, um, he's a great guy. Uh, and he's starting to do more appearances. I think he's going, he's scheduled to be at, uh, Masterama this year. Um, I think it's in October. So if those people are in the Atlanta area or you want to come to Atlanta to meet uh, Nicholas Meyer as well as just hang out at Masterama, I suggest doing so because uh, he's a great guy. Uh, and it's a very small convention. So it's very intimate setting. So you you won't just be in a, a sort of a, a line, uh, sort of factory line, just like and he's just churning out autographs. You actually get a chance to like talk to him meet him um and that kind of thing and and pictures and all that kind of stuff and so um it's a great experience when that works out so i appreciate that um any other honorable mentions for exciting things or great things that happen to you guys 
Nope. Wow. Okay. What a rough year. <laughs> well, I mean, I did buy a house, but all my geeky stuff is still stored in the closet. For some reason, we haven't been able to find space for it. <laughs> you know, we've been, you know, we, we moved in here in September. So, you know, we've got some other stuff set up, but the, the geeky stuff, we're still having trouble finding space for some reason. Can't hmm. imagine why. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's when you have to have that. That man cave, right? Right. <laughs> or wow. Ashley, do you have something similar? You have a, a woman cave? Yes, I do. That's where I'm sitting right now. It's it worked <laughs> out well. I have like this big the entertainment room in the basement, and it's just like covered with like Star Wars and Marvel stuff. So it's my it's my happy zone. I have to keep it out of the upstairs, but like down here, it's just all geek all the time. So. I will say, even though I'm not married, I do feel your pain because a lot of, you know, a lot of people comment, man, you've got a lot of stuff in your room. Look at all the books and all the tiki dogs, all that stuff in your room. Like, man, that's amazing. You got all that stuff. And like, yeah, that's because none of it is allowed outside of the room. Yeah. It's like, I have to maximize <laughs> my space. Like I'm sure in like 10 years, it'll like wall to floor, all geek stuff, but it's like, I'm going to pack it in. So this is, this is my storage bin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mike, I also want to take the opportunity here, too, to say that uh, it's been a, a great year for us, I think, as a podcast, especially with a lot of the interviews that we did. Oh, um, I know that was an inspiration behind doing the video part, too. And uh, I, I mean, I think when I look back at some of the, the, the names and people that we were able to interview on the podcast this year, it was phenomenal. And I uh, I just think it's one of our best years yet in terms of guests. And the best is yet to come, as we like to say. So it's pretty awesome. So it, it is a neat thing. Um, my one honorable mention, let me put it out real quick, is actually getting to go to Barcelona, Spain, mm -hmm. and actually seeing the world-famous Sagrada Familia, which is the uh, church that's been being built since the late 1800s. And it is not done yet. And it is an amazing, amazing building that you can see, you know, so many places up, you know, pictures of it and everything. And actually being able to walk into the chapel, which is, you know, only been done over the last 15, 20 years. Wow. And it is just amazing to see because this is all carved by, from stone and they're doing it, you know, traditionally, they're not just, you know, putting metal up to finish it up and everything or plaster. They're doing the actual art going from the original architectural drawings. And it wow. is just amazing to see in person. And it makes you feel so small because this thing mm -hmm. is just so damn big. It is, it is just awesome. And, you know, we had a blast going to it and being able to go to, you know, Spain and everything, Judy and I, and with friends and, you know, being able to do stuff like that is, you know, stuff five years ago, even I would have never been able to imagine myself doing. So it's pretty wow. cool. It's always like one of those things where you dream about it. Oh, I'm going to someday get it to this place to go to this mm -hmm. place. And we did it. And it was just, it was just awesome. That's awesome. So, that's cool. That's so, really cool. Pretty awesome. All right. So that's our good stuff. That was our highlights for the year. All right. Um, good night, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, uh, what was one of your most disappointing moments of the year, uh, geek-wise, in real life this year? Yeah. So probably um, 
real life was uh, having to say goodbye to my uh, 19-year-old cat, Cricket, who was diagnosed uh, with cancer in May, and then um, a month later, she was gone. Um, I would always go downstairs to, like, watch TV, and she'd be curled up on the couch with me. So just um, having to say goodbye, and I mean, 19 years is a long time to just have that friend a part of your life and to not be there anymore. So Still um, dealing with that. Halloween was hard this year. Cricket was a black cat, so mm-hmm. I love Halloween. But seeing all the decorations was was a little bit tough. But um, I do feel blessed. I was able to um, go to the shelter, and I've got her next to me right now. This is Daisy. Oh, um, uh, and our ratings go up. It's yes, awesome. <laughs> a, a two-year-old uh, shelter cat, and uh, named her Daisy after uh, Daisy Ridley, the actress who plays Ray. Everybody thought I was going to name my cat Ray, but I had to be just a, just a little more, um, just a a little more less predictable than that. But um, Daisy, of course, does not replace cricket, but it's nice having a little buddy. And Daisy has now taken up the tradition of sitting on the back of the couch and watching uh, movies and TV shows with me. So um, yeah, great, grateful to have her, but still remember um, it's hard losing a pet. They really are a member of the family. Uh, feeling I know all too well, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, it is tough, uh, but 19 years, man. That's yeah, quite the. That's that's a long life for a cat. So yeah, I think the equivalent we looked it up in human years is like 92. So it was yeah. a was a, a good long life, and thankful that she didn't suffer too much, and the vet yes. was able to help her keep her comfortable. She was able to stay at home with us and um give her as much love and comfort as we could so great grateful for the time that i did get to spend with her and uh good on you for you know uh for adopting daisy uh they're not demented as replacements it's just a new member of the family and uh i get that too so uh channing what about you um you know dealt with a loss to um uh, earlier in the year, lost a pretty close family member. Um, it was weird because we saw him at a family reunion. And I want to say about a week or a week or two later, we got a call that went to sleep, didn't wake up. Um, wow. We knew he had been sick. Um, and again, this was one of those close family members. So we all took it uh, kind of hard. Um, I will say on the bright side, if you can find a bright side of death, um, as a family, we all rallied around our in-law his wife Mm -hmm. just to kind of remind her that hey you married in but you're you're family there's no you're not going to stop being family just because you know our cousin brother uncle uh, family isn't around anymore like she's yeah yeah she's still part of the family um but it, it was a big hit it was a big hit you have those people who are kind of the center of the family dynamic or try and keep people together and he was definitely um one of them so that yeah that that was a rough one um from the geek side at the risk of sounding like I'm trying to be a white knight I feel like the gatekeeping and the misogyny kind of had an uptick last year very much and so. it really just ruins it uh we were talking about fandoms a while back I don't admit to being a Rick and Morty fan because Rick and Morty fans have ruined mm-hmm. Rick and Morty um, if, if that makes sense. So there are a lot of things that I like that I'm scared to admit that I like because I don't want people to lump me in 
with that toxic um, gotcha. fan base. And that's a little bit of, um, well, I shouldn't say a little bit, that's a lot of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And if I can be a typical um, horny male for just a minute, as some, as a kid who grew up and did not have a lot of girl nerds to talk to, not because they didn't exist, but just because they were so spread out and we didn't have the internet back then, seeing all of these guys now, especially these young guys who are like trying to keep women out of the fandom, like I would have killed to have some girls to play video games with. (laughs) I would have killed to have some girls to um, come with me to computer camp to build a computer. Yes, I actually went to computer camp. And like you were the one this Got now. It. You have these members of the opposite sex who stereotypically for years did not like us. And now you have them, they want to be involved in these things, and you treat them like crap. Um yeah, I I, I, I just don't get it. And yeah, I find that to be a little disappointing because I know women who have experienced that um in real life. And these and are the it's these are good. the same guys who complain. Why aren't any of those geek girls talking to me? Pretty much because <laughs> you treat us like dirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, exactly, and it's the truth, and it's just ridiculous. You're... Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, I know it exists, and I acknowledge that it exists, but I, it just makes no sense to me why anybody gets any sort of pleasure from perverse pleasure from that. You know? Nope. Exactly. And, and on a much <laughs> Uh, and on a much lighter note, Mike, thank you for sticking with me when I said if I could be a typical horny male for a minute. Because I saw your your eyes kind of like, okay, where's Channing going with this? Like, where's this going? <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> I'm like, we're going about back to go to on cartoon for a ride. Butts. It's going to be one of those <laughs> evening, folks. There we go. It's, it's like time for remember. Remember, but apocalypse, right? That's yeah. we'll just keep that in mind. Yeah, right? come yeah. back to. I that. was, I was like going. Do I have to hit the edit button right here? Or, <laughs> <laughs> gotta Mike, keep what you about you? Toes. What uh, disappointing moment from real life, geek wise or yeah. otherwise? Two of them. Um, fandom wise, the passing of Kevin Conroy was mm-hmm. a huge, huge hit to me. Uh, he, you know, how much we've been saying this last couple episodes you know robert pattinson was a great batman kevin conroy was batman mm-hmm. and he will always be batman whenever i read the comics whenever i you know think about it he is i hear his voice in my head you know and everything and it's just crazy when you have just an actor to you know, associate with that. And it was just, it was just amazing. And Kevin's passing was a real kick in the nuts when it happened because it was out of nowhere. I didn't know he was sick. I don't think any of us did. He kept it very private and to, you know, close number of people. And just, you know, when uh, somebody posted, I was like, what, what, what? You know, and it was, it was just shocking. And it was, it was a huge, real disappointment, and I'm sorry to hear that he did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he will. And he was missed. such a, even outside of the role, which he embraced, which is another thing. Most actors that play Batman go through a period where they do not embrace it, um, but he always did, and uh, he was just a nice guy. I had the honor of meeting him at a convention up in Rhode Island, 
and I'll never, I hope I never forget, uh, with my brain, you never know, but, um, uh, it'll, it, one of the best moments that I, that I recall every time I think about him was when I was setting up my table and everybody was filing in and all the other celebrities and guests and artists and comic people and everybody was filing in doing their thing. Suddenly from rows over, you just heard this voice just booming. Apparently Kevin had stood on the table and just said, I am vengeance. I am the night. And it was just like, I mean, that just put a smile on all our faces and, you know, uh, it made the setup process so much more fun. Um, and he, and yeah, he fully embraced, uh, being the voice of Batman. Um, and, uh, he was a great guy and he has a great story too. He wrote that story that appeared in that comic, uh, for pride this year at, uh, dragon, at, uh, DC comics that put out, it's a great story. It's an important story. It, 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 it's an informative one. I don't think a lot of people who know uh, Kevin really knew him uh, based on that story, but uh, yeah, you will be missed. Yep. And my second one, more on a personal note was actually getting COVID this year at dragon con. Oh, and you know, had a great dragon con, had a ton of fun. I think I did what 18 panels this year and yeah, I had a blast and, but, you know, I came home with a really good souvenir, COVID. And, you know, it didn't taint my show. It didn't ruin what I felt about Dragon Con or anything. But at the same time, I was safe. I was masked the whole time, even, you know, in the panel rooms, everywhere, used hand sanitizer. So no matter how safe and careful you are sometimes, folks, you still can get it. And, you know, and it's still around. Don't forget that it is still around. So, so, you know, nobody and their brothers wearing masks anymore, but you know what? It's you're you're just playing with fire. And so, you know, just be careful about it. And, you know, it was disappointing. It was the, probably the worst couple of days after dragon con, you know, till I recovered from it and it knocked my energy down for almost like three weeks. And in some ways, I don't think my voice is fully recovered yet from it and everything. So I still get raspy and everything if I talk too long. Mm. So, and I've noticed it, especially with us editing podcasts and stuff and, you know, and doing more podcasts and stuff. It's just, it's craziness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I am. Fingers crossed. I still don't have, I still haven't gotten in. I still, am, I'm still an odd man out here, but, uh. I, uh, ooh, man, when you told me I got freaked out because I spent some time with you. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, and, you uh, did. <laughs> I, I got sick, but, uh, not, um, you got sick, not but sick. not sick. Not, not the COVID sick. Um, all right. So disappointment, um, on the subject of loss, um, you know, experience some personal loss. And also, you know, we all as a geek community, and as pop culture, we experienced a lot of loss of celebrities. It almost seemed like this was a a boom year for that. Um, as far as it seemed like every other week you were hearing about somebody um, that you recognized, that you grew up with, that you knew that had an impact, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the one thing that really stood out to me, uh, since I'm um, still huge into uh, the comics community, was how many comic creators, great comic creators, 
that uh, are no longer with us. Um, uh, of course, big names, legendary names like Neil Adams and George Perez, uh, Tim Sale, Carlos Pacheco, Kevin O'Neill, Tom Palmer, Paul Coker, uh, Kim Jung-ji, uh, Alan Grant, Ken Kelly, Brian Austin. Those are just a few. That's like about uh, like a dozen of the folks that we lost. I mean, that's a huge hit. I can never remember a time when we lost so many people in the comic community. Um, and, uh, and it's not like it was, you know, a, a, a conspiratorial thing. It just is, you know, that time, uh, you know, it's just their time. And it's just, uh, it's just sad that, uh, the, the, the thing about it that's not so sad is that they all left their mark and you can just go to the comic stores. You can go on Amazon, whatever, go to your comic shop. Don't go to Amazon and, and find the works of these people and they're going to live on. They're going to live on. Uh, but it's sad from a personal note because I've met a lot of these guys and they're great people as well. The comics community is full of, well, it's full of jerks too, but it's full of great guys. And nearly everybody on this list was a great guy. Um, and uh, and yeah, we'll suffer from those losses. Um, and then on a personal level, on a very personal level, I'm disappointed in myself because Tiki Zombie number four the uh, 10-year Tiki-versary issue is still not done. Uh, it's been over a year since the Kickstarter ended, and uh, we're close. We're so close. We're so close. Uh, I've still got some – I've got pages from Peter last week. So um, I'm hoping – fingers crossed – I'm hoping that by the end of February that we can finally start fulfilling – uh, our commitments to our backers and then put it out uh, for the general public. But man, has this been a hard, you know, road that I've learned a lot from a lot of things that have gotten in the way. Um, and uh, I make no excuses. I take full responsibility. Uh, but I, I, I promise you everybody who has backed this and supported me in any way, I, I promise you that this book, we are still putting every effort of uh of 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 ourselves and uh every ounce of our heart and love into this book as we can um we're not just like finishing it to finish it i'm making sure that every page is something that i'm proud of that peter is proud of um that this is a book that we are going to be ultimately proud of and i'm and i pray that you guys will be uh, happy with it as well. So it's coming, but I'm disappointed that we go through another year without having it. So, um, so that's, and that's some bad stuff, right? <laughs> so, um, but it's the new year and we're going to get excited about stuff that's happening on this new year. We've got a, a, a point. I mean, it's a we're new beginnings, right? There's some stuff happening on the horizon, that it's going to be, it's exciting to think about. So we're going to take a quick break and get over ourselves. Never, <laughs> never. And then come back and we're going to talk about the stuff we're excited about for 2020. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about Letterkenny Season 11. A new Letterkenny season is out, and I was really excited to see what the people of Letterkenny had in store for us this time around. 
this season had some solid episodes, but it really felt like this season was a story and episode. There was not much of an overlining episode, like season arc like we've had in the past. And to me, it fell short because of that. In past seasons, we've had a story going on during each of the episodes, but something that really connected all the season together as a whole, whether it was just like a small story going on in the background that eventually like got bigger during the season or just some overlining season arc. And it didn't feel like we had that with season 11. Don't get me wrong, this season was funny and it had some great skits and jokes. I love the fishbowl discussion on chips the most, I think, though. That was, to me, that was hilarious. Like, it just was. But I felt like the girls' hockey stuff that we saw was all throwaway, and I really hope they do more with that storyline for them later on. But it felt so out of place this season since we only got to see them once. It had some good jokes, but it just felt really out of place. Overall, this isn't a bad season of Letterkenny, but it isn't my favorite season either. There were some great episodes, but it just felt all jumbled together. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. You know what now's a good time for? It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Hmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode, where we talk about conspiracy theories... Cartoons of our childhood. Star Trek quizzes. Movies that we've liked. Hard racing. General pop culture. Fantasy recasts. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Right here on the ESO Network. Welcome back, everybody. And now it's time to talk about this year. The year that we're in, 2022 is past, right? We're not going to cry over spilled milk. We're going to look forward to the things that are coming out in 2023, both in real life and on TV and movies books, et cetera, et cetera. There's some really cool projects coming out um, that are slated to come out this year. Obviously, things might change, but there's a lot of stuff on the horizon. And I want to know what uh, these people here in front of me are, who are with me are excited about. Starting with you, Channing, what is uh, something you're geeking out about the most, you think, about 2023? Ooh, the most? Um, I'm excited to hit some smaller cons and some different cons. Like I do Dragon Con every year, like clockwork and I, I love it, but I'm looking forward to trying a few others. Um, Blurred Con is already circled on my calendar. Um, I recently moved back to Louisiana. We've got Louisiana Comic Con mm-hmm. and here in my hometown, Lake Charles, we've got um, Sifa Con. So I'm definitely going to those. Um, yeah, and of course, um, Joe Fest in Augusta because I'm a huge GI Joe fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to spreading out and doing some more cons. I'm also really excited about the possibility of being on some more panels. Last year at Dragon Con, I think I was on like somewhere like eight, maybe nine different panels. <laughs> a couple of them were ones that I submitted, other ones I was, and I had a great time. You know, you know, I got, I got to get my numbers up. I know, but um, yeah, it, it was a great time. It was something different. I enjoyed, you know, interacting with people and cracking jokes and talking about um, borderline obscene comic book characters, you know, <laughs> the stuff you, you do at Dragon Con. So those are definitely um, two that I'm looking forward to. And as far as TV and entertainment, um, I know this is kind of low hanging fruit, but I'm excited about Ant-Man Quantumania. 
Yeah. Mainly because I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Majors. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, and seeing him as Kang, who is one of my top five villains, I'd say. Um, he's below Doom, but he's still in my top five. Um, yeah, I, I want to see, you know, just seeing the little bit of him that we got in the Loki show. Um, I'm excited, and I think they're probably going to use Quantum Mania to maybe reset a few things. Um, in the, the MCU, nothing, nothing bad or anything, but maybe just to, you know, maybe recast or, um, undo some things. So I'm just curious to see where they're going to go with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to get excited whenever a new, I mean, for me, whenever a new MCU thing comes out, whether it's a series or a movie, I think we've got three movies scheduled for this year to be released. And I don't even know how many series. So, um, uh, but you know, when they're released, I will be there for every single one of them because, uh, you know, I still feel the con the, the quality and the consistency has been there and I'm excited to see where they're going to go with it. Yeah. And just a quick honorable mention, um, this is more of a wish than anything else that DC gets their act together. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a Marvel fanboy. I'm not a DC fanboy. I just love good content. Mm-hmm. And I want to see some competition. I want to see some good shows with characters from the DC side again. Um, so 2023, I'm wishing that James Gunn can write the ship. He's not perfect, but I do think he has more hits than misses. So, you know, come on, DC, just be good. I don't even need you to be great right now. I just need you to be good in I, 2023. I think we're going to have to wait to 2024 really to see the effect <laughs> because all the stuff that's on the plate like that's still going to be released whether it's Aquaman or Flash or the CW stuff or whatever is going to play out here still. I don't think any of the things that he's working on are slated for this year to be released, but hopefully at least we get news of projects coming mm-hmm. out so that by the end mm-hmm. of this year you know, we'll be excited for what's coming, right? Oh, and the Shazam movie. Shazam movie's coming out pretty soon, right? Oh, yeah. So, it's coming out yeah. in, what, I think, March? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're very close. So, I mean, there's, there's some decent stuff, hopefully, on the horizon. But Oh, yeah. Ashley, what about you? What are you excited about the most for 2023? Yeah, so um, uh, real life is I'm looking forward to putting together a new cosplay. Every time I make a cosplay, I'm like, this is the last one. I'm going to stop after this, but I never do. I am going to do a mashup cosplay, which is a little bit different than something I've done before. I'm going to do uh, Rhaenyra from Game of Thrones, but as a Jedi character. So I just ordered, I got my first wig. This is going to be one of my first wigged cosplays because you can't be a Targaryen character without like the long platinum blonde hair. So I'm really looking forward to working on that and taking it to my uh, regional con. And then in terms of stories, I'm most geeking out about is Dune 2. Mm. I just absolutely loved Dune Part 1. It was my favorite movie of 2021. And I have managed somehow to remain um, pretty much unspoiled. I had read Dune years ago, but thanks to my uh, memory, I've pretty much forgotten what happened in the second part of the book. So I'm looking forward to 
uh, going into the movie and finding out what happens and then also revisiting the book. What's interesting is when I first read Dune, I didn't connect with the story at all, but thanks to the new movie, I really got into the story. And when I went back and listened to the audiobook version of the book, I thought, I don't know what I was talking about before. This is amazing. So I'm, it's really fun to revisit something that I didn't connect with years ago and, but now is something that I'm really into and excited about. So just really looking forward to seeing what they do with Dune Part 2 and hopefully more Dune stuff beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Although they won't announce it until like weeks after or months after the second one comes out, probably like they did. Right. The first and, one. and this is like <laughs> Warner Brothers. This is all tied up in the HBO Max stuff. So I am a little concerned <sighs> about that. But at least, you know, if I get Dune Part 2, I'll be grateful. Like, if they if they cancel that as a tax write-off, you know, I will be protesting in front of the studios. So, <laughs> And I think another thing about Dune 2, the reason why I'm excited about it is because with Dune 1, as much as I liked it, I didn't see it on the big screen. Uh, yes. Because it was just a streaming thing, really. So there was no, like, I mean, I know that there was, it was released. But that was still earlier in the pandemic for me, so I didn't I didn't want to risk it. But now, if they re- they I think they would be smart to re-release the first one in theaters yes. prior to the release of the second one, just so that people could experience it um, again on the big screen um, or have that opportunity. Because I would I think I would take them up on that. Oh yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to see it in IMAX when it came out, and it was just incredible so hopefully there'll be a double feature yeah it's gonna be a long day in the in the theater yes yeah <laughs> an intermission needed between them so yeah, those are not short movies at all uh nothing is short these days uh as far as movies goes uh mike what about you what are some of the things you are geeking out about or hoping to geek out about this year well big thing i'm hoping to geek out about and you know mentioned it you know, after the disaster we had with, on Doctor Who with Chris Chibnall is the mm. return of RTD. And we have Russell T. Davies back. And David Tennant is back as Doctor 14. I'm using air quotes, folks. 14. And so it'll be very interesting to see what we get out of that. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to um, getting, of course, another, you know, love of shazam you know i love you know seeing shazam and looking forward to seeing more ms marvel captain marvel and photon all together in the marvels is going to be amazing i'm looking forward to getting a second season of strange new worlds and you know i am there's just and we're also in a couple weeks going to be getting a new season of bad batch which is Mm -hmm. even Yes. Which is pretty darn awesome. And also, one of the shows that I know both Ashley and I just love is the PBS new version of All Creatures Great and Small. Yes. Oh, it's so good. As of January 8th, I think it's going to be premiering. Mm-hmm. And so we have some amazing, amazing stuff coming. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, folks. We have stuff coming out later in the year. And it's just, it's always great to see. And, you know, we'll be bringing it to you here on Earth Station One, which is the best part about it. And <laughs> so, and uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but um, uh, you can count myself and Michelle as big fans of All Creatures too. We got mm-hmm. caught up uh, during the Christmas break. So we are 
all cut up and ready for the new season. So that is a, a great show as well, a great series. That is awesome. Getting yep, on, it's, getting in on that. See, I knew there was hope for you, Mike. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for me, uh, as far as television or streaming, whatever, movie-wise, there's some stuff coming out, and we've already kind of hit those highlights a bit. Uh, but really, for me, uh, the, the big thing comes in March. Uh, March 12th, I believe, is the Disney Plus uh, series premiere of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And while I love the character of Ahsoka, and I like what, uh, um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank on her. Is it Rosario no? Dawson? Rosario Thank Dawson. you. Uh, Rosario Dawson has brought to the role. Uh, it has been very much hinted at, and I don't know this for sure if this is going to happen, but it's been very much hinted at that we will see the live action debut of Thrawn who is probably outside of the movies, my favorite Star Wars character. And actually, including the movies, he's probably, he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Um, I simply cannot wait to see him uh, and how he's depicted live action. Uh, And Filoni and them have done nothing bad, in my opinion, as far as bringing a lot of those and casting the right people, et cetera, et cetera, and bringing those (laughs) characters to life. So, I am very, I mean, the show might be called Ahsoka, but I'm watching for Thrawn. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll, it should continue. I think it's supposed to continue the Rebels storyline as well. Yeah. So we'll get a few more characters recognizable from that as well. And I'm very excited about that. Well, the big, the big one I heard is going to be, of course, you know, Ezra. So Ezra, should... Sabine, uh, they're all mm-hmm. scheduled. They're all uh, rumored to be part of this as well. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited. A live action rebel show. That would be awesome. Yeah. Uh that has the potential to be great. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that mm-hmm. TV wise. Another show, and this is kind of more on a personal note. Another show that I'm looking forward to returning uh on, I believe it's the Stars Network, is a series called Heels. And it is a show that uh um uh, the first season was okay. I'm looking forward to the second season. Um, but it's a personal thing because one of the things that I was able to do in 2022 was actually do some background work. So I did some background work on the show. I should, I have the potential to be in at least four episodes somewhere. Oh, that's awesome. If it's, if it's, if it's there, um, I don't know if I'm breaking the non-disclosure by saying all this. Uh, so keep it under your hats. Uh, that's why he wears uh, a hat folks. (laughs) Uh, but I'd be watching those with, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to pay attention to the plot and the stories because, uh, I'll be like too busy looking in the back going, is that, I think that's me. Um, so, so we'll see. Um, but it was a great experience. I will say this. It was a great experience being on a TV set for those, uh, four episodes. I, I, I learned a lot about how things are made things that I, some of the things I already knew, some of the things I didn't know. Um, and it was a great experience. And the people on that series, crew, cast, catering, everybody was top notch. Great. Um, it was a great experience and great people all around. Um, so, um, I, I'm really looking forward to what, and they, they say, and from what I've seen, it does look like season two is going to be better than the first season. So, 
Um, I'm not going to dish out any spoilers or anything like that, despite some of the things I've seen. But uh, I'm really looking forward to, yeah. But I don't have a subscription to Stars, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to cough that up. I guess I'm going if I want to see myself potentially. But in any case, uh, that's what I'm looking forward to in 20. Let's make a little note there. Mike was not sitting on top of a TV set. He was on set on a TV show. So you might want to, you know, you might want to yeah, yeah. get that. It's not one of those like penguin on the telly things. No, no, exactly. it's not a, it's not a Monty Python sketch. Uh, but, uh, Ooh, one of those was a late night one too. And all night, I think I got back at like four in the morning, five in the morning. Oh gosh. And, you know, it was a night shoot. Um, it was on location too. Uh, it was great stuff. We did some studio stuff, location stuff. It was fun. I don't know that I'll be having that experience again anytime soon, but I really appreciated uh, being on set for that. Um, That's and, so uh, cool. Yeah, it was it was great. It was great. Never so we'll say see. never, Mr. Gordon. Just remember that. Uh, anything else about 2023 that uh, we're looking forward to? Um, we have a lot of new conventions possibly coming up for Earth Station 1 and ESO appearing at, but we can't really say anything yet until the contracts are signed and everything's written in stone. But yeah, we've got some great stuff coming. Until they agree on the writers? Well, that too. All, so. all blue M&Ms. <laughs> and, uh... Well, exactly. You know, you're such a hard person to, you know, do, you know, you have, you just told me favor. I'm not showing up until I get every green M&M taken out of that pack. You know, they're awful, man. I don't know why anybody would want to eat a green M&M. I mean, it's just, it's just un- unthinkable to me. Mm-hmm. The man's got to have standards. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Some no. people. All right. So that does it for our uh, geek seat for 2022 and what we're looking forward to 2023. So um, it's been an amazing uh, time to be with you guys and strap that year down uh, consensually. Channing. Uh, (laughs) And, and, uh, and get the, the good stuff and the bad stuff out and into the open. And so we can move on to 2023 and meaning good things so uh so uh mike i think we're ready to close out the show you ready to close out the show and get started on this wonderful year ahead of us let's do it let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment and we'll come back and close out the show for a promo for the Epsilon 3 podcast. The Epsilon 3? What do we talk about? It's a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Babylon 5? What's that? It's the greatest 1990s sci-fi show in history. How are we going to watch it? With glee and excitement. How would we rate those kind of episodes? Out of jump gates. How many jump gates? Out of five jump gates. Because it's Babylon 5. That is correct. If you go to Zahadum, you will die. But you know what you won't do? You won't die listening to the Epsilon 3 Podcast, right here on the ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Air Station 1 Podcast. Channing, thank you so much for joining us. It is awesome as always, my friend, to have you up on the show. 
Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And um, feel free to bring me back to rape the butts of uh, cartoon characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, oh, okay. That sounds awesome, I think. Ah, okay. Well, anything you want to promote or shout out about? <laughs> um, this just took a really um, turn. I was not expecting but comments aside, uh, look for my group, Black Geeks of Dragon Con, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I always tell people we are not a protest, we're a party. We're just showing some of the diversity at Dragon Con. We do a photo shoot and some other things on social media. Again, it's just the Black Geeks of Dragon Con, and if you see us, you know, come by and say hello. That is awesome. That is truly, truly awesome. And of course, Ashley, thank you as always for stopping by tonight. Oh, thank you. It was a blast. Anything you want to shout out about or promote? Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, getting my post of most anticipated movie and TV shows up, hopefully sometime later this week, and then uh, lots of good stuff hopefully to come in 2023. Excellent, excellent, excellent. It should be a ton of fun. And you know what? I'm going to give you a couple weeks break, you know, since you've been on the last couple, you know, episodes. You know, I think it'd be nice just to, you know, say, Ashley, you're you're good. Chill. So get, take some of that paid vacation time. Exactly. You, you know. You and go. you know, if you want to borrow any of Mike Gordon's PTO, you're more than welcome. Okay, there you go. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so much that's accumulated over the years. And it exactly. doesn't roll over. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, hurry up before he uses it in twenty twenty three. So there you go. Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my friend. We've made it through another one, and we're starting a new one. It's uh, it's uh, an amazing privilege to uh, be able to podcast uh, in multiple ways now. Um, I'm excited uh, for the year ahead. I think the year that we left behind uh, was a solid one, podcasting-wise. It might have been one of our best yet, which, you know, after doing this, like, for 11, 12 years, it's like, wow, what, you still... You still got something in you, and I think uh, I think we do. Um, so I am uh, pleased to and excited to see what what happens in the new year. That is awesome. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? I do. We were talking about great guests that we had on last year, and uh, one of the guests that we had on last year that uh, really meant a lot to me was uh, my cousin Ryan Suffren, who mm -hmm. is also a, a, a filmmaker. Uh, and he more specifically is a co-director of the movie that came out last year called Jazz Fest, A New Orleans Story. Well, that film and he specifically, along with Frank Marshall, who also directed the movie, have been nominated for a Grammy Award. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's is, awesome. Uh, so, yes. Uh, so I'll be checking out the 65th uh, Grammy Award ceremonies to see... Uh, to see how Ryan does, but uh, I've never had a Grammy Award nominee in the family before, uh, or even as a friend. So this is quite exciting, um, and I, I wish him a lot of luck. I don't even know what he's up against, to be honest with you, but uh, but uh, it's an exciting time. And uh, yeah, Grammy, who knew? Who knew? And that is awesome. He was such a nice guest, too, to have on the show, and it was just neat, actually, to be able to talk to him and it was neat to be able to actually you know hear his experiences with some other you know projects that he worked on and everything which is yeah it was cool. great timing for us because now that he's been nominated for a grammy we can never afford to get him now 
No, so he'll never, he'll, yeah, he'll never come on the show now, but you know, we got him at a good time. Well, that's even better. Cause you know, <laughs> you know, now he can, we can afford his rates and, you know, you know, God forbid he would help us, you know, bring him for ratings or something like that, you know, <laughs> it could only help, but you know, it was, it was awesome to have him on, but you know, my shout out actually is going to be pretty personal. Uh, 2022 was a tough year for a lot of folks, including myself. And, you know, we had some ups and downs, but you also had, you know, a lot of positive happen and too many people dwell on the negatives and you have to remember the good things that happened in the year and try to think about how we can add to those in the next year and not, you know, let them carry over and weigh us down. And, that's one of my, you know, as I like New Year's resolutions is always trying to leave the the past behind and carry it on to on to new things and have, you know, new adventures and everything. And I think it's going to be bright. I think 2023 is going to be a great year for all of us, not just the four of us on the show, but everybody and everything. I feel positiveness and I think a lot of cool stuff is coming and you know let's hope it's going to come true and that we can carry it over and not be one of those things where all right this new year's resolution ended on january 2nd okay there we go so you know it's a cool thing but anyway speaking of that we have a great episode lined up for you guys for next time we are we are speaking of positive, good things. Next episode, we are talking about our favorite devil stories. Because, <laughs> you know, it is episode 666. So what is better than doing the sign of the devil? And the so, devil's going to come down to Georgia. Exactly. So and he has a price to pay. He has a soul he wants to capture. So we'll see. Well, my soul's already long gone. So it doesn't matter anyway. So, Mike, you're doomed. So there you go. But, you know, it should be a ton of fun. So, of course, join us until then. And you know what? It's always great to talk to everybody. And I hope everyone had a great new year and everything. It 20, you know, as we like to say, it was a neat experience with what's going on out in the world right now. And, you know, I enjoyed some of the things. And I will actually admit it. I was actually watching football at midnight on, you know, on actually on, you know, I don't watch a ton of football. But, you know, the Georgia-Ohio State game ended right at midnight. And, you know, you know, it's it was pretty cool, you know, especially for that invisible person to come out and move the kicker's leg so the, the ball went flopping off the other direction for Ohio State. So it was pretty cool. So it was it was awesome. Or was it might have been Ezra Miller, you know, because they haven't been able to find him. Mm, <laughs> oh, he, 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 he ran out real quick. To do it. it comes back around. Exactly. <laughs> See, circle of life, friends. Circle of life. Thanks again for listening to the Air Station One podcast. We couldn't do this without you. We want to hear from you. Please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And now Earth Station One can be found in video format on YouTube. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. We're not too proud to beg. And remember, folks, please like and subscribe. We would really, really appreciate it. And you know, the subscribe button is right there at the bottom. And you know what? Every podcast tracker also has a subscribe button. So click on that. And, you know, 
our, as our numbers go up, we bring better and bigger guests. We bring bigger and better things. And, you know, we also get bigger and better also. You know, we just get larger and larger and larger. So it's really cool. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Pauls, and Mr. Channing Sherman. Thank you so, so much for joining us, everybody. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and here's to a great 2023. We'll see you next time on the Air Station One podcast. Hail Satan! Peace, and we're done. <laughs> You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.